thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. Today we're interviewing a former Adelaide boy who used to be the general manager of hotels like the Lakes Resort, Paradise Hotel and the Earl of Leicester. He now lives in the Philippines with his family who have all adopted a primed lifestyle, which is very much in sync with paleo and encompasses a holistic approach to love, laughter, play, sun, sleep, exercise, food and beverages. Chad is a wellness coach and also trains Ironman triathletes and ultra marathon runners. Chad and his family aim to be running marathons, wait for it, at 100 not out and are passionately trying to help people make the rest of their lives the best of their lives. The prime focus is one of long-term health and permanent change. Here to tell us more from Prime for Your Life is Chad Davis. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks a lot, Sarah. You summed that up beautifully. I, I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> thanks, Chad. And I understand you also have a, a special guest, Rujan, with you today as well. So we'd love you to introduce him and also to tell us how you got started in all of this. Well, thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, Rujan's a, a good friend of mine, actually an age group Ironman competitor. Wow. So we're, um, we're actually uh, competitors, but um, we're also friends, so I want Rujan to also make the rest of his life the best of his life. So I don't mind training him to beat me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the reason I got into, um, into uh, doing this lifestyle is because I was an Ironman athlete. Um, I was doing uh, mar- many marathons, but I realized I was unhealthy. I was spending too much time away from my family, basically chronic cardio. I had... Um, Lack of energy, some brain fog, basically, um, I think, food-induced coma, laziness. Mm. Um, so I was still successful with the general manager of hotels, food and beverage director in the Philippines, um, teaching and hospitality colleges. But I found that um, I wasn't living the best life I could. Um, and then one day when I was running home from my work, I happened to listen to this little program called That Paleo Show. Um, and I, I fell in love with the, um, the great casual but very informative information you guys gave. And from there, I, I went home and I wrote down all about paleo, um, tried it um, just one month before Melbourne Ironman. And lucky for me, I did because I ran a three-hour 28 marathon after my 180-kilometer bike. Wow. Um, so, so, yeah, I really wasn't capable of that beforehand. And even with just a 23-day um, improvement in my diet, um, or what I ate, um, I, may, I noticed a huge difference. So now um, I'm really dedicated. I want people to live better lives. Um, I, I feel as though I have a secret. Um, the secret is that you can really live so much better with real food, nutrition, um, and then just to really so you can enjoy your life um, for your family, for yourselves, and just really to get the, the best future that you can. And we love what, what um, Brett's saying as well about the rest of your life being the best of your life. We're very passionate about that. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome, Chad. And um, one of the things that I'm really curious about with regards to before um, low carb, high fat, and then after, what are some of the challenges that you came that you came across with people who were doing these marathons that were carb loaded, that were you know perhaps a, a little bit more inflamed and so forth? Um, what are some challenges that you found uh, with injuries for those people, and then uh, what you've noticed uh, since making the shift? Okay, that's a great question. Thanks. I'll actually I'll let Rujan um, take over after I say a few words. Yeah. Um, you're right. It is it is a challenge, especially um, I think in Southeast Asia where they're so used to the rice, um, the pasta, panda sal, as um, Steve would know, is very popular here. Yeah. Um, and they're really used to their carbs, and they think they actually need that for their energy. So what what I do is my and Rujan will back this up. My approach is to please let's just do some baby steps. Try for one day um, just to eliminate some of that bread. Just try to eat some more eggs. Try to have some uh, more um, green vegetables. So with these little baby steps and then concentrating on the positive impact that it has on their body, um, and then we, I work on that. So because I'm an educator, um, like um, Sarah is as well, um, I can really, and also um, I had a, in my own restaurant, I was a chef or a cook. So I can also then come up with the practical recipes um, and really, I guess, speak their language so that hold their hands so that they want to change. Um, and Rujan is a classic example. So I'll let Rujan have a few words on that one because <laughs> I had to twist his arm a little bit to get in there. Yeah. Hi, Dave. Uh, I'm Rujan. And uh, actually, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to do a diet like this in the Philippines. First of all, I'm a Filipino. I'm true-blooded Filipino. And we grew up Asian, you know, we like, we love rice. We couldn't eat, if there's no rice, that's not food. So it's like eating like three-fourths a plate of rice and one-fourth, you know, viand or whatever, whatever meat's there. So basically, all our lives, we've been, we've been exposed to rice, fried rice, plain rice, steamed rice, whatever, and lots of bread and pasta and everything. And then um, for a while there, uh, I wasn't, I was, before that, I was, I had a heart attack. I was like, too much rice and, well, it will rewind way back. I was an alcoholic and everything and everything. I was just, now I'm, I'm using the 12-step approach for my sobriety with this diet. So basically, I took out rice. Oh, I had a heart attack first, right, in 2007 because I was really, I swung 220 pounds for a 5'7 frame and uh, I had a heart attack and that's it. I told myself I got to exercise. And last February 5th, only I discovered I'm a Nubian, the paleo prime diet. And Chad showed me the way. So I started, I took out rice. I had a sugar withdrawal and everything like that. But I got a little bit weaker because like, I thought it was a sabotage. And because like uh, 21 days later, I'm going to have uh, my, my challenge, which I'm competing with Chad. And I thought he was trying to sabotage me. And I go like, <laughs> and, and I go like, because we're, we're in the same age group. We always compete with each other. And suddenly after that, I podiumed and everything. And after that, I got stronger and that's it. It's all, it's, I told myself, I got to take out the carbs. Um, but what I did was I taught Rujan some of the great foods that he can eat instead of the rice. Um, and of course, we all know about cauliflower rice. But what we do is we also add broccoli. We can add some squash. So we add a local flavor. Um, add malungai leaves, which are very, very healthy for you. So, um, and that's funny enough, that challenge race, Ruben, right, Rujan came in uh, fourth, and I was one place behind him in fifth. <laughs> So I actually trained him to beat me. So I'm going to punch him in the arm now. <laughs> I love that. But after I love that, that. 
but after that, I keep on beating him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some really yeah, well, cool I, changes there. Um, guys, I'd like to go back a little bit. I, I'd love to hear, you know, you guys said that, uh, you know, you, you stumbled across this, that paleo show, and that's what sort of started to get you motivated. So I'm really curious to know, and I'm always curious to know, you know, what is it about what we talk about or, you know, what guests we interviewed or who we shared that enabled people to start making changes and making that first step because I think often that first step is the most important step. So what was it for you guys? What was it that you heard that particularly piqued your interest? Uh, fantastic. I love that, actually. I, I did think long and hard about that beforehand. Um, and I think it was it was the style of the program mm-hmm. um, so that you're very informative and you can actually see that you care. Um, for me, uh, I'm so passionate because it, my passion is for the children. Um, I don't feel that um, – I think that I want to train their or help their parents so that the children can have a better start in life. And I know that's a, a recurring theme for you guys. And then also you have a, a, a holistic approach, which we love, and it's a non-judgmental. Um, it's not about worrying about what we did in the past. It's not about uh, if you made a mistake that it's, it's terrible, but let's look – Let's look forward and really let's, let's make the rest of our lives, let's really make them fantastic. Um, but, yeah, to answer that question, I loved your podcast with Jimmy Moore. Um, and I still laugh about um, when you had Peter, Dr. Peter Dingle on um, and my kids eat, my, my dog eats better than your kids. <laughs> um, that, was a, that, that was a fantastic one for me. And even um, Dr. Rod Taylor, who's become a friend of mine. Actually, we went, I went to a low-carb, high-fat conference with him after, the day after my Melbourne Ironman this year. So I did my Melbourne Ironman. I think I ran a sub-four marathon after my 180-day bike again. Um, and the next day, we go to sail, and I actually had, had absolutely had no body soreness, even after a 13-hour Ironman. But, um, yeah, it was really um, it's the guests that you have on. It's the passion that we feel, um, and that's what... Again, that's what we try to replicate, and that's one of the reasons Prime for Your Life is successful, is that we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it. I, I would I would yell from the top of the trees if I could just save one person yeah. um, through their nutrition. You saved me, no? Yes, you saved me twice. Yeah. So I, I really um, and then what we do is um, once we help people, then we it's a, it's an ongoing process as well as accentuate the positives. Um, because we don't want you to go back. It needs to be sustainable. And like you said, Brett, um, it's about um, your why. So I think that's also a very, very part of the baby steps is to know your why um, and then just to keep improving day by day um, and make yourself a better person. Yeah, that's fantastic, Chad. And um, I love that um, the primed lifestyle recognises, you know, love, laughter, play, sun, sleep, exercise, as well as food. Um, You know, it's so important and it really encompasses the whole lifestyle. I'm a little bit curious, um, like most runners, I've just finished reading Born to Run, which is just amazing. Um, And like most people, you get the bug after reading that book and you think, oh, cool, I want to set out and do an ultra marathon. Now, it's probably not going to be wise just to, to go out there without any training unless you're Dr. Brett and uh, a little bit crazy. It's dangerous, that book. It's dangerous. (laughs) But what I'd love to know, because obviously this lifestyle has allowed you to achieve so much physically, um, what I'd love to know is what are some tips that you could give any aspiring triathletes or ultra marathon runners? How should they get started? Okay. Excellent question again. Just um, I'll start that answer by just talking about Rose, um, a Filipina. Um, here, 
Um, actually, her article's just gone viral because Dr. William Davis, no relation, um, just reposted it on his um, Facebook page. But Rose just did a 160-kilometer ultramarathon on olive oil and nuts only and was recovered the next day. Wow. Um, and But just to, really to answer your question is um, what we want is, I mean, just even for yourself, Sarah, would be just to start slowly, um, to listen to your to your body, um, because you can't get there straight away. No stress. Um, yeah, we don't want stress. So we don't want stress when you eat, and you're not running for stress. So the reason I think Primed works in the Philippines is that we encourage people to get their diet, get their food dialed in first, and once you have your energy and your mental clarity from your food, then you, you really actually want to move more. You want to use your stand-up desk. You want to go out for a walk, and then maybe it's a run. And you do it because you love it. Um, not like myself before and Rujan, where we would run and run because we were trying to lose weight. We were trained a lot of hours, 400 hours a week, 400 <laughs> kilometers a week. You know? So, yeah, we were doing 30 hours a week, wasting our time. So what I would suggest, um, Sarah, is some really nice practical points. Um, perhaps just start slowly and build yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, we also um, so really get your nutrients dialed in, which I think you've got very well. Um, we also, I do some fasted exercise just to really make sure of that um, fat burning because that's why Rose could do her 160 kilometers. She was champion female, but sixth overall. Um, and then we also, even, even in the heat of the Philippines, I, I hydrate in the morning but I don't drink on my run. So therefore, I could even lose up to, say, three three kilos of more weight whilst running, but I'm still strong at the finish. Wow. Because um, so um, we listened to Dr. Tim Noakes with Waterlogged, um, and we really found that's very true, to not overhydrate. Um, I think make sure your nutrient density is correct, which we talked about. Trying a little bit of, um, we're doing inversion therapy, so therefore we sort of, um, just 10 minutes a day perhaps, just to get the hips aligned, to make sure that we um, uh, are recovering well. Um, and I think, um, I think you'd like this one as well, Steve, the sleep. Um, last night I wanted to stay up and work a little bit, but I had done my eccentric gym in the morning, so I knew that gym would be useless if I didn't sleep and recover. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I've even got that paleo show in the back of my mind telling me, Chad, you better sleep or your team is. <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> so, um, so therefore, I really slept because I knew my muscles needed that. So I think if you could do some of those things, build yourself up slowly, exercise with some intensity instead of maybe just running your 20 kilometers on a Saturday, do some sprint work, um, and then really look after your body and, and just compare yourself to yourself build yourself up nicely and um, reward yourself because that's a, it's a fun exercise. But at the end of the day, as you guys know, it's your nutrition and your sleep um, is, and lack of stress is, is very, very important also. I love that advice, Chad. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. So, Chad, um, with regards to clients that you have come your way and as a wellness coach, can you tell us uh, a little bit about some of the grievances that people come to you with where, you know, the body's given up and, uh, and they're, they're at that crisis point and perhaps some of the things that they notice uh, when they work with you for a little while about how it gets turned around? Yeah, certainly. I'd, I'd love to share that because we've had so many 
of our um, primed clients improved improved their life. Um, and just I think one of the main things, even even though we've um, had lots of people improve conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, um, improve their blood sugars, go from pre-diabetic to no longer pre-diabetic. What we're hearing a lot is, is that people love having more energy. Um, they love having more mental clarity. Um, and I've, I've heard you guys mention it before on that paleo show where they, um, they no longer have to worry about whether they can maintain their weight. So we also really accentuate that positive where people have a freer life. It's a life of less stress because they know they can easily maintain a healthy weight range for them. So um, one of my favorite clients was um, a wonderful gentleman who just retired. Um, he was had irritable bowel syndrome for many, many years. Um, he really had that brain fog and lacking mental clarity. And even just after um, two months on Prime Lifestyle, he noticed that his irritable bowel syndrome symptoms had gone away. He really had that mental clarity, and he looked 20 years younger. So um, that was one of my favorite stories. But um, another friend of mine, she's a writer, um, she had her um, symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome leave. Um, another beautiful client of mine who I had lunch with yesterday, her period pain has now subsided. Um, and that's a big deal because mm-hmm. that's one, one day a month, I should say, where it can be debilitating um, and it really impacts people's lives. So people are noticing that they're gaining an extra day where they don't feel so bad, they don't feel um, upset and have the pain, so they can actually live this better life. So, um, and that's what we're just encouraging. We accentuate their positives and just encouraging them to live, I guess, how our grandparents lived, eating real food, um, trying to make better choices um, or the best choices that they can for their health and for the health of their family. Right. Yeah. One thing I love is um, the vanity. Yeah, um, uh, vanity is still my great thing. And <laughs> and after doing Brian, uh, abs came out. Man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's um, my. So Rujan Rujan loves to look at himself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, see. I used, to, <laughs> I used to be a rock star, and I'm a you know what do you call a retired rock star. And one you know once in a while I look at a mirror and everything. Hey, look at those abs. So I still perform once in a while, and you know, a forty-five-year-old guy takes out his shirt and you're thinking, "Wow, look at those abs!" <laughs> so there you go. Well, that's um, actually on that point is because we actually have um, a whole range of people. I, um, I love. Um, I think it was Dr. Ronesh Sinha mentioned the metabolic six-pack. Mm. Yeah. So Rujan's doctor and a lot of my other um, clients, their doctors are looking at their metabolic results and using words like "amazing." Um, and that's not me saying that. They're saying, wow, look at your cholesterol numbers. Look at your blood glucose. Look at your uric acid. It's really doing very well. Yeah. But one of my favorite ones as well is just we're, we're helping these unhealthy athletes, the ones who have been dependent on um, sports drinks, sugar gel, mm-hmm. carbo-loading before and after. Um, I think we're just giving them more time for their family um, so they can train better and smarter. Yeah, because the one thing we thought, well, I – Person thought before that as an athlete I could you know I thought I was an elite athlete and I could eat anything yeah. I could I was like chugging in all the food that is there I mean my thought before was like um, I'm doing this so that I can eat anything but I was wrong. Yeah. Hey, so you guys mentioned uh, you know the doctors looking at the bloods and, and that sort of stuff. I'm really curious over there in the Philippines. What is the approach or what's the uh, 
you know, how does the medical community feel about these kind of, I guess, you know, what are still thought of often here as alternative diets uh, and I guess alternative health in general? What's, what's the general vibe over there, both amongst the medical community, but also amongst the general population? Uh, that's a great question. Um, just for instance, one of the biggest in the, one of the biggest hospitals in the Philippines um, is just possibly going to use me as a consultant for their executives. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, wow. because their their executives are spending a lot of money on their um, sick leave, on their medical conditions, um, and they they just really need some of the guidance. So I was there recently. And all of the executives were coming in and they're very excited about how they can actually fix themselves through nutrition. So I think it's actually, it's very exciting here because it's, it's relatively new. I think paleo is a very popular word in Australia, in, the, in um, America. But now it's really just because of us, I hope, it's really kicking on and getting some uh, publicity and some mileage. Um, and the reason that's exciting is because people can then live better. So they've, they've been having these conditions, whether it's irritable bowel syndrome, lack of energy, and they thought it was normal. Um, I think I think you'd appreciate this. People think that their conditions, they get used to them. Um, and what we're doing is I come in and I say, look, this is not normal. You should have energy in the afternoon. Um, you should be able to go to the toilet regularly. So, And then I can then show them if just a few lifestyle tweaks. They can then improve their health. Yeah, that's brilliant, and it's so exciting that um, you know the, the the lifestyle that you're promoting is going to be looked at, um, you know, from professional people in the in the medical industry. That's wonderful. Hopefully, there's a, a lovely trickle effect that um, rolls down. Chad and um, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely stay tuned to um, hear more for sure. Um, I'm really curious. I know at the start of the the call we were speaking about rice and how much Filipinos love their rice and it's ingrained into the lifestyle and Rujan you might like to weigh in on this as well Steve and I are fortunate enough to have a couple of really beautiful Filipino friends and I know that a lot of their family gatherings always revolve around food and celebration and joy um, and they're very family orientated and one of our friends actually reached out to us and she said oh you know I really want to give this paleo a crack and I've been doing it but it's almost like my mum sabotages me because she's like she's super offended that I'm not eating uh, rice or the, the Filipino specialty food and um, her mum was almost hurt. Can you give any advice or tips for people that are trying to overcome family as an obstacle um, for a healthier lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of alternatives to rice. White rice this is a common thing here in the country. But um, there's like alternatives like brown rice and red rice and everything and they don't want to really jump the fence right away. So basically, it's just baby steps. You know, it's like a one day at a time thing. You have to feel good. You you, you don't have to be stressed out mm. in doing this diet. Yeah, just to, to wade in as well. Um, you're right. The, the Filipino the culture is very much um, food orientated. Um, it's let's um let's have a fiesta. Let's share. Let's celebrate the party together. Um, they're a great, wonderful um, family. Um, community where mm. they really look after each other and that's done through with food quite often. What we're really trying to do is change that paradigm a little bit and say, well, please consider the food that you're sharing and is it giving good results to your loved ones? Yeah. Isn't there something you could do? Um, for instance, just well, so therefore what we have, we have about 70 recipes on our um, blog where we've 
paleo, um, where we primed or paleofied the traditional recipe. So just for example, the um, sisig, Filipino sisig, um, and that's pig's ear, liver, snout. snout. What we've done there is we've used those same nice ingredients, but we've added extra vegetables. We've added extra um, herbs and spices. And then we've included that onto a bed of spinach. So instead of having that with rice, we've found alternative um, ingredients that actually will nourish your body and brain to a more optimal level. So we, of course, we still embrace the Filipino food, but what we've tried to do is to really make sure that they get their more green vegetables, um, more of those proteins and more of those really healthy fats. Um, and just on that one, um, you feel the kinilau is a perfect dish here. Um, I'm sure you'd know about that one, Steve, which is where you've got your beautiful fresh seafood. But what we've done is we've just added a lot more of the vegetables. You've got the olive oil, you've got the lemon, and you've got the apple cider or even coconut vinegar. Mm. And that's almost the perfect dish for health. Yeah, I, uh, I I didn't know that one, Chad, only because I'm not a seafood fiend. So I think I yes. probably stayed away from that one. I had the sisig and I really enjoyed that until they told me what was in it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good fun. One, one of the things I did notice, uh, Chad, is that um, the the dishes, a lot of them were sort of very oil-based uh, and I was I was curious about how, you know, a lot of people say, well, why are you guys uh, talking badly about this traditional diet when it's obviously sustained uh, the country for, for many, many years and you look at other parts of Asia as well and, and rice has helped to sustain them as well? Um, how do you think that the, the way people have eaten, I guess taking into consideration the, the higher instances of things like IBS and type 2 diabetes, how has the traditional way of eating changed um, in that it's, it's given rise to more instances of these types of things? Uh, that, that's a great question as well because I think we're finding worldwide but also the Philippines is a classic example where the grandparents are living longer than the children um, or the grandchildren. So what we've done is we've, the way I can easily explain it to the Filipinos is to let's go back to how your grandparents ate and that was not packaged food. Um, that was coconut milk. It was coconut oil, using coconut flour. Um, it was having the green vegetables. Um, okra is a local one. Malungai is another local fantastic vegetable. So what we're saying is let's go back to how our grandparents lived. Um, and then because what's happened is it's become a community or country like Australia, perhaps, where we're, we're built for convenience. It's easy to buy the prepackaged bread, the pasta, um, boil up the rice. Um, so what we, what we also do is we teach people how to be more efficient with their cooking. Um, how to make double serves, um, how to use utilize their freezer more, um, how to incorporate more of these green vegetables and coconut milk and coconut oil into their diets um, and so that they can actually then get the benefit um, and then live that better quality of life. Because, yes, it does take a little bit of extra effort, but with the right training and the right um, mindset, it really does become quite easy. Um, and that's what Rujan's found as well. Now his lifestyle is, he loves the way he feels and it's easily sustainable. Is that right, Rujan? Yeah, it's, it, you have more energy and, and that's yeah. Also, I think um, just a, a, an interesting one for athletes and Ironman athletes and triathletes is that they spend extra time training when they really should have spent that time in the kitchen. 
um, mm-hmm. making their food that would make their workout um, a stronger one. So when they when they finished their workout, if they had proper food, the real foods like the eggs and the vegetables and the quality proteins and the fats, then they can recover better and train harder again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think, as we all know, these prepackaged foods are not optimal for sporting endeavours, even for your work, um, using your brain, using your body while doing what you need to do for your job. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers the yeah. question. I think it's a great answer, and it, and it does really focus on that fuel and that recovery, which I think I I, took, I I remember even in the very early days of the wellness guys, I remember us interviewing Jeff Spencer, and he spoke about exactly that when he was talking about elite athletes. So uh, it really fits in with the whole picture there, I think. But you know, you guys were talking about some cool stuff there. You talk about the coconut products, you're talking about the green vegetables, and I know certainly for myself, and I know. A lot of the listeners to the show who are based in Australia or perhaps New Zealand or in America are listening in, salivating, thinking, hey, that sounds pretty yum. There might be some cool recipes there. So what are some traditional Filipino recipes um, that are really sort of paleo or primal uh, but really tasty that, that perhaps these people in other countries could be enjoying too? Yeah, I'll, I'll start that one off and then I'll let Rujan have a go. So I hope I don't steal his thunder. <laughs> but um, I think basically any dish in the Philippines can be made paleo or primed. For instance, there's a wonderful dish called um, chicken and pork adobo. Um, traditionally, it's served on three cups of rice, white rice, and you have a little bit of meat that's been cooked in your soy sauce. So all what we do then is we add extra vegetables, whether it's squash, malungai, extra, triple the quantity of onions and garlic, add extra ginger salt and pepper, so all of these great ingredients for your body. And then instead of serving that on top of the white rice, we could serve that on chili zucchini noodles. We could serve that on broccoli and cauliflower rice. We could even just throw in fresh spinach. Um, So you've got the texture of the spinach, you've got the creaminess of the um, chicken and pork adobo if you've decided to add coconut milk to that. So that's one dish at the top of my head, which I think most people have heard of. The kinilao is another wonderful dish um, in the Philippines. Um, and then what we've also got is um, there's some uh, other dishes such as what we love to do here is we love to use the nori sheets. So we wrap up the beautiful fresh ingredients in there. So I even used my sisig, um, the pork pork's head of sisig, and I wrapped that, that with spinach leaves and fresh tomato. So it made a quite a tasty warm dish that had a little bit of crackle, but it didn't have, um, and it just had some really good, tasty ingredients. So I'm not sure if, I'm sure Rujan um, loves his food, so I'm, I'm sure he's got a nice Filipino dish to mention. Well, my only food I love is lechon. I know you've heard of that. It's uh, roasted pork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when, 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 my doc, when my doctor saw my blood work, he was like, whatever you're doing, Whatever you're eating, just continue eating that. Because I, I told them I've been, eat, I've been eating crispy pata and lechon every day. They're like, wow. But um, just to <laughs> qualify that, Rujan's having his, um, it's not cooked in vegetable oil. Um, it's either roasted or it's used with coconut oil. Or virgin coconut oil. Yeah. Um, and then Rujan's also getting his balanced vegetables. So he loves kangkong, for example. Pechai. Pechai. So therefore, Yes, he's having his beautiful um, lechon, but he's also ensuring he's balancing that with the fats um, in the um, VC virgin, virgin coconut oil and his green vegetables. 
Oh, man, I'm so hungry now that I'm just distracted. That all sounds amazing. Why wouldn't you want to do that if it makes you feel so good as well? That's fantastic. Hey, if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly mention another one. We have our Ukrainian grandmother staying with us at the moment. So what we've done as well is we're actually working on some, and I know that Steve is a great kombucha man, <laughs> so we're actually working on some fantastic Ukrainian fermented vegetables. Oh, so yeah. on Monday night, um, Baba Nadia and myself, we were doing kvass, which is a K-V-A-S, which is a fermented beetroot drink. Um, and then we've also been doing, of course, the sauerkraut. Um, we did a, some pickled eggplant, um, which we got from an organic, sustainable farm in the Philippines here. Um, we do, of course, we do our pickled cucumber, ginger, garlic. So we're also um, big into the fermented vegetables. Um, and, of course, embracing our culture. So whether it's the Philippines, Australia, the Ukraine, um, I think we're, we're just getting back to our roots. Um, let's not... Let's change our mindset. The mindset shouldn't be what's convenient and in a packet, but let's, let's spend some time. Let's enjoy cooking with each other. So Baba Nadia also had her grandson, Christian, helping in the kitchen. So it was, it was wonderful to see, actually. And I think you nailed it, Chad, um, when you said, you know, getting back to your roots. Um, you know, we, we tend to complicate things, but I think by keeping it simple and finding the joy in it, that's a pretty surefire way to achieve success. So thank you to, to both you and Rujan for joining us today and sharing an absolute wealth of knowledge. It's very exciting to hear that um, this way of, of living is, is going beyond Western culture um, and it's something that can be accessible for everyone. So we really look forward to cheering you both on well past your 100 not out and for, okay. delicious, <laughs> for delicious recipes, clever lifestyle tips, information about triathlon and running plus a whole lot more. Follow Prime for Your Life on Facebook and Twitter and connect with Chad at primedforyourlife.com. As always, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that Paleo Show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.